There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So before we get into the podcast today, uh, there are some questions that have been sent in uh, relating to depression. Of course, Georgia and I are not medical professionals. It is always best to go and see your GP and seek that professional help. Today, um, we are just going to be having discussions around it, giving our opinion, and hopefully we'll be able to help some of you listening. Thanks. Hello and welcome to Friday's episode of the podcast. A very special Q&A um, heading in your direction today as we speak to somebody who is so versed in this area. He is um, a podcaster. He's got an amazing podcast. I was on it actually a couple of months back called Take Flight. Best episode yet. <laughs> Smashed all records. Unofficial, but let's just say that for the sake of this chat. Um, he's a life coach. Um, he's just an all-round thoroughly lovely person who will really be able to answer all of these questions on such a deep level. I think it's going to be a wonderful wonderful conversation please let's say hello to mark whittle yeah <laughs> hey thanks for having me great energy <laughs> there is a lot of energy how are you this morning i'm really good thanks george yeah really good i mean the weather's terrible but um <sighs> apart from that in good spirits good that's good we like to ask that at the top of the podcast because and you'll be able to answer this probably better than the most is that when someone asks us especially men how they are uh, the normal response is just, yeah, yeah, all fine. All good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, why do men in particular answer with that? Conditioning, just that we're used to saying it. I, I don't think that's just men, to be honest with you, though. No, I was going to say that. I feel like a lot of us do it, don't we? Yeah, I think there's a there's a lovely quote which says, I'm not who you think I am. I'm not who I think I am. I'm who I think you think I am. <laughs> wow. Which is quite I'm a big just quote. Just di- that, digest yeah. that for a second. Yeah. But basically what it says is that we behave in a way which is trying to mirror what we think the person who in front of us is thinking that we are. Okay. So I have a belief, Zoe, that you see me in a certain light. So then I would show up trying to be that person, even though I will never know accurately what you believe about me. We will build this vision in our mind. So until you have awareness of that, then you can start to realize, oh, okay, okay. Now I'm just trying to act in certain ways, bit of a chameleon thing, which is a very you know, common thing, especially from the world I came in, in the corporate world. People pleasers. People pleasers. Yeah. And, and I think it's too, it's twofold, right? It's that sort of the, the deeper meaning behind that, which is like, we don't, we, we want to people please. So why would we unload our baggage onto other people? Mm. But also it's just easier. It's the path of least resistance to just say I'm fine. Yeah. And I was going to mm. say as well, in like the corporate environment, it's almost like you're quite often not a person. You're like a number, mm. aren't you in a corporation? And you have to like conform to this person and this character and this job role and it's almost like they you know 
no one's really bothered about who you are outside of that mm. office mm. um and I think that can be quite tricky for a lot of people you know they go into work they put on an act and then they go home and then there's somebody else it's so true I think because you know there's how you do one thing is how you do everything so the nine to five that we sign up to really shows us who we are in the rest of our life like it's quite sad and you see people that might manipulate people at work you're probably going to act in a similar way and manipulate at home you can't help mm. it it's just how yes. you're behaving most mm. of the time so yeah it's a really difficult one you put those labels on around whatever the job title is and you kind of behave accordingly as you guys know Dozer, my husband comes from a sporting world and ha- and you know was a rugby player for 15 years and i always have we always have this conversation about the bum slap and the bum slap mm. in rugby you know obviously if you take it on face value is just a little bum slap, but actually the bum slap was covering up a whole world of we're not going to discuss things. And it's really interesting when we when we start identifying, when we st- really start thinking about like you, you, he would say that he would go into training very very occasionally and say, do you know what, I'm actually just not feeling that great. You know, X, Y, and Z might have happened with his with his daughter or with his partner or whatever, and they'd be like, yeah, go on get on Mm. with it bum slap and they'd run out and he'd be like it happened across the board that they dress it up in this really sort of macho world where showing your feelings or communicating about how you were truly feeling wasn't celebrated um Mm. and there's so much and it's only when you come out of that world that you know the the building blocks just started there was no there was no bum slap there were the building blocks just started to to crumble away and he's he's been on a humongous journey since he since he finished playing rugby really yeah Yeah. i think sport's one of those environments which really doesn't encourage you to open up no they don't want it do they they don't want to see it no no and, and i think you know even not not just sporting environments like my husband used to play sport as well and now he's in a quite a male dominated environment again um in a corporate position but again it's exactly the same it's that whole um i don't know a pretense uh, and no one really talks about what's going on and uh, and they just fly jokes around the you know around the room and 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 kind of la- laugh everything off and i you know i sometimes ask him i'm like oh i'll ask him a question about yeah. someone he sits yeah. next to eight hours a day <laughs> five days a week and he's like i don't know I, I don't know. I know what, how old his kids are. I don't know who what this is. I don't know. No, we don't talk about things like that. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> like if I Why spent not? that much time with someone, <laughs> I would know so much more about them. There's polarity and everything, right? So there's there's such positive things attributed to opening up, but also because I've experienced this sometimes when you're going through something that's difficult, the answer is to share. But you've got to define who you're sharing with as well. Like who are those trusted relationships? Who are those people in your life? Because sometimes I've opened up and afterwards I felt, mm-hmm. hmm, maybe that person didn't actually deserve to see that side of me or maybe that wasn't the best person to share that with. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think there's like a little, there's a, there's a boundary to place mm-hmm. with different people. You've got to know yourself really and know who you can trust and who you want to do that with. That's a Scorpio trait though right there, Mark. You and I are both Scorps. And so, yeah, we, we, we'll share with anybody that wants to listen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. I think you need to know your tribe. But I also think vulnerability comes from those really intimate moments of sharing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're doing this podcast today because it is International Men's Day tomorrow, you know, Saturday. And um, I think sometimes it's so so difficult to navigate those male relationships in our life because as women we feel we are at polar opposites in certain subjects and actually how can we reach the men in our life if we don't really understand what they're thinking maybe they won't open up to us maybe they don't feel comfortable sharing maybe they don't know how to so we really wanted to throw these questions out to you guys listening today if you are struggling that area or you think your partner if you're in a heterosexual relationship is struggling maybe mark can shed some light so george do you want to kick us off 
Yeah, I'm going to kick us off with this one. Um, how to approach depression, male sibling, when they keep saying they are fine? Okay, yeah, amazing question. I mean, we've kind of alluded to that a little bit already, just with how we're conditioned generally as a society. But I think if you think about depression, if we look at it like from its spiritual definition, the opposite of depression is expression. So when we are depressed, it's because we're not able to express how we feel. So it's really difficult. You've got to tread lightly around people who you, again, we don't know for sure how they might be feeling. So we've got to tread lightly. But are we creating an environment that makes them feel safe to express? And also, are we trying to fix them to make ourselves feel better? I'm sure there's, of course, there's always going to be the worry about the other person, but where's it coming from? Make sure that it's coming from a position of, of genuinely helping the other person. Um, which might sound strange, but so often in our life, we do try and do things to make ourselves feel better. We're trying to help somebody else to, to help make us feel like we've found the solution. And I can just say that from experience again. But are we creating an environment which is allowing the person to feel safe to express how they feel? And again, if, if you kind of think about a lot of the way that we experience our life is based off of our expectations. So let's say we have an expectation of a particular event, which is up here, but the reality is down here. All the feelings, all the emotions, everything that goes on in between is is basically what the experience is. So if we expect something to be up here and the reality is that it's down here, we, we might be filled there with frustration, sadness, anger. Um, likewise, if the expectation is below, we didn't think that we were going to achieve these heights. For example, let's let's say use a business example. We didn't think that we were going to be able to get this job, but we did get it. Then maybe those emotions are a little bit different. We're a bit more excited. So the gap between expectation and reality is a really important thing to address, I think, as well. So opening up conversations with people about what they're experiencing and what they're going through, what they expected to go through and what the reality is, mm. um, and just asking really good questions. Okay. And I guess it, I, mm. I, I'm guessing you know, this is a sibling relationship, isn't it? So I, what? how would you start those conversations if you're probably not living in the same house? You know, maybe when you see them, it's around other people how, how would you start that conversation it depends on the re relationship that they've got with the person right now if it's a really close person then i'm sure they'd be comfortable in just being incredibly direct and saying i'm worried about you is there anything i can do to help and support you i'm here for you um if they're not as close then perhaps you you go a slightly different route um you might want to speak to other people who are spending lots of time with them and just see whether your worries are are validated by the people and then again it depends how involved you want to get do you want to send them resources like this great podcast or counseling services and other things that might help them which they can relate to because a big part of it as well is like it sounds like it's a, a male female sibling relationship so how how much do they relate to one another's emotions maybe not as much if it, if it was a male and male or female female so maybe sending them people who are speaking about things in a way that they might relate to a little bit more yeah yeah that's really good advice and, and actually i think really though it comes from um you can only get somebody so far like in my experience especially with a sibling because you immediately go back to those roles that you played when you were kids and you know depending on where you sit in the family you know if you're the little sister you know it's like well you know you, you, you leave me alone i'm fine i'm not going to discuss these things with you it's quite hard to reach that person i think but like like mark just said you know always being there and always being available like whenever you're ready to talk i'm here for you just being that steadfast that real like solid person in their life eventually they're going to get to a point where if it is depression and they're not coping with life 
fingers crossed they're going to come and talk to you about it because you know if you've got a good relationship you'd be one of the closest people to them so I think yeah just reassuring them they've got a safe space to discuss things is a really great place to start let's move on to the next question so it's an interesting one this but I, I, I it's directed at her her partner her husband how do they feel about maybe not being the priority in a relationship after children so I guess she's asking like you know can you shed any insight into that you know you're a dad yourself you've got a little mm. one um, was that something you experienced and you know have you got any advice to kind of maybe help them feel less like their second fiddle well i suppose when you become a parent like your entire priorities change on an individual level anyway so it's a bit it sounds like a bit of an identity shift thing so when i'm coaching a lot of people it's usually in transitional periods they're moving from one career to another they're ending a sporting career and going to something else and that involves a lot of unpicking of who we were and appreciating and having gratitude for who we were but also recognizing who we're about to become so if you're in a relationship that mm-hmm. might have been um i don't want to say dependent but if you had you know you were incredibly close with your partner then a baby arrives and that feeling isn't there anymore then that is going to be sad that is going to be difficult it's like you know, parenthood for me was the biggest challenge I've ever faced in my entire life. It's the most challenging, but the most rewarding. So basically don't be so hard on yourself. Recognize that it is hard. It is difficult. And the new priority now is this baby that you've both brought into the world Mm. and try to reframe it. So really difficult, but with all these experiences, like Mm. what is the story that you're telling behind that? And it sounds like it might be something like I'm not as important as the child. So how can you reframe that? to a cope with it better but also show up better for your family and the people who are in your life yeah i think as well mm-hmm. uh, you know we we actually had uh, ella mills on the podcast a while ago and she spoke about you know your life is almost like chapters and i think mm-hmm. sometimes y- you can have the most solid relationship before you have a baby but it is going to change when you do have a child and that might be for six months that might be for for 12 months that might be for two years and I think sometimes there needs to be like a level of acceptance between uh, you know part like two people in a relationship that yes there are there is another priority now we will still make time for each other but it might not feel this the way that it did before yeah. um mm. and I think that's really tricky though because there'll be times when one partner needs the other one more, more than other times and um I don't know I find sometimes you know my husband will feel frustrated if I've got loads of work on and I'm doing loads of stuff with the kids and then he'll feel like he's being sidelined and sometimes I just have to explain yeah. to him listen it's, it's nothing on you and I will absolutely have time for you and I do have time for you and I am listening to you but right now we have got these other priorities and then I guess it's just the communication um and making sure that they know that's exactly that, it George. yeah that they're still a priority but it might just look a bit different at the moment. Yeah. And Dozza always says to me, he's like, you know, it's all well and good, you know, prioritizing the kids and putting them first and making sure they go to this party and making sure they're doing this. But actually if, if our relationship isn't, isn't at the forefront of things that we do, like, yes, the kids, of course, the kids and yes, the home and yes, this, but actually me and him, that is, that is the glue that keeps you all together. So of course you've got a new baby and of course that's going to take focus, but you also need to communicate. Like Georgia said, have those really open and honest conversations about it. Reassure him that, you know, you haven't, you haven't moved him right down here that actually he's still very much up here, but you guys need to work as a team together. That might, that might ease things a bit. Yeah. In every relationship, like we all have, and actually in life, but we all have fundamental needs. So it's really 
crucial to understand what your needs are and then exactly what you guys are saying like to communicate what those needs are so that if you know george is using that example there like you're saying look i know i know you need my attention now i can't do it right now but i will do it and speak with you and i'll hear you and i'll listen to you in an hour and there's this um a, a coaching practice that i use in business which is called time horizons so you can kind of see where somebody's head is at when they're talking about i'm gonna make a pound today versus i'm gonna make a billion in my lifetime you can kind of see where they're thinking and exactly again what georgie was saying like when you when you have a new child you start to think that it's always going to be like this that you're never going to sleep again mm. it's you know you're trapped in this moment yeah. in time but if you could extend that time horizon to that year or two year mark then it's uh it takes a lot of pressure off yeah Absolutely. And one of the things that we went through in therapy is, um, is this a good time to talk? I.e. Mm. you go up to somebody and say, is this, is it, I would like to talk to you. Is this a good moment? And they, they can say, do you know what? It's actually not a good moment, but in half an hour, this, that, that will be the perfect time for us to have that discussion. They then don't get to come back again and ask you a second time and you say no. So you, if you set a time limit and say, I'm coming back to you in 30 minutes, you then have to go back to them and say, I know I said I wanted to talk in 30 minutes. Is it okay if I have another 30 or like, I know it sounds weird, but that's that whole time thing where people feel that they're not being marginalized. They know that they're going to get the space to be able to talk. It's just not right at that second. That's mm. a really helpful tool I, I found. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? I'm going to move on to this one. My husband doesn't feel like he's a natural when it comes to parenting. Like, how can I help him? Hmm. Yeah, that's an amazing question. So this kind of ties in a little bit with the identity crisis thing as well. So like when things change. So naturally, anytime you do something new, it's going to feel really uncomfortable. And when, again, you know, if I speak with my clients, often we'll talk about how yesterday's ceilings become today's floors. So as you grow, you elevate to a new level. So every time you go up to a new floor, it feels alien. You know, you feel out of place. You have self-doubt. You have all the things that you hear people speaking about. So parenthood is, again, I said it's the biggest challenge I've ever faced. So that's probably going to be a very extreme example of that. And if you haven't pushed yourself or felt uncomfortable at times in your life, then it's going to be an even bigger shift in your life. So the only answer is to do it like with this one it's just an action thing and to and to force yourself into those uncomfortable places and to try and i mean i'm not gonna lie i probably learned most of my parenting skills from bluey and bandit <laughs> that's my favorite resource um 
but like just experiment try things try and play and have fun and be silly and it's the, it's an opportunity to feel like a kid again it's, it's the best opportunity to do that okay here's another question how to encourage husband to share his feelings more from dragon wife at times <laughs> <laughs> it's really like again these answers are very easy to give in like a 30 minute podcast episode but they're like some of them are like years or lifelong work that you have to do on yourself so becoming a parent is the ultimate calling to do the work on yourself and to address which we spoke about on my podcast so it was like the inner child and the things that you've suffered with and the things that you carry yeah. today in your life so it all comes down to the individual doing the work on themselves. Now, if you're the parent who's asking the question, or it sounds like the wife in this instance is asking the question of the husband, you can't do it for them. Like they have to, they have to decide to do it themselves. But what you can do is again, create a safe environment and set the example, like do the work on yourself and ask really great questions. You know, if ask if what she's feeling or perceiving or believing to be true about the other person, is that true? Ask really great questions and just be there. I think, and, and, and again, it's just like presence being there, really looking at the person, really listening to the person and showing that you're trying to give them what they need and that you're hearing them. Mm. Safety is a big one, Mark. I love that you mentioned safety there. Mm. I think it can sometimes feel quite alien um, to people who don't open up to suddenly start trying to, you know, suddenly start trying to open up. And I think it sometimes does take like, that, like you say, like maybe just small, small steps, making sure that they feel safe, making sure... Um, I guess you were encouraging them without pushing them to open up. Opening up starts with being honest with yourself. So introspection, and that's through practices like meditation, or some people get it in like running or exercise, and there's loads of different forms, but sitting with yourself and listening to yourself and being honest with yourself, that's where it starts. Then you can progress to like some sort of journaling practice and you can write down your thoughts and that's amazing because you have a space between the thought and actually what you're writing down. So you almost have this gap where you can like self-coach or self-soothe or however you want to view that. And you can almost see how ridiculous you're being sometimes. And then when you get a little bit more comfortable, you can you can verbalize some of this stuff. And again, it might just be to yourself or in the mirror. I've spoken with people on my podcast, like Barry Hearn, who founded Matchroom. He, he said a practice that he did, you know, he's in his 70s, created this empire, was just talk to himself in the mirror. And I think that's amazing. Like, uh, that might be something that men relate to a little bit more. Like just go and speak mm. to yourself in the mirror. Um, and it's just sort of like a, it's a, there's this term in chemistry called to titrate, which means like slowly, basically like drip the solution in so it doesn't explode all of a sudden. And that's mm. kind of like a lot of men's mental health is really good to, to have that in mind, like titrate, just like slowly, slowly address the things that might be difficult to talk about. I think um, this leads us on to the next question with husband grieving both parents and no extended family, how to encourage therapy. Um, and before before you answer, Mark, I just want to say therapy is the best thing that I have ever done in my life. I'm now in couples therapy and it's like saving our marriage and making us feel we're just in a completely different place than we were six months ago because of this hour that we dedicate. So if we can help this person get her, get her and her partner or just, just her partner into therapy, it's the best, it's the best thing for a person, I believe. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I've had a lot of therapy as well and it's been incredibly valuable. I think with therapy, it's very important to go in there with a goal and you know what you want to talk about. Um, and it sounds like this person knows what they want to talk about. So yeah, I personally would vouch for it hold my hand up and say it's an incredible practice to do really great to have that um sort of neutral opinion and someone who's also trained in psychotherapy that can actually inform you and educate you on maybe what's happening but again you can't force anybody to do it i remember the first time i went to mm -hmm. therapy i was just out of playing high level sports football myself um 
and I'd felt really down for a long time. I didn't really see it in myself. I didn't really, I couldn't really tell. And my wife suggested it and I was very reluctant at that time. I was only like 26. But then gradually it became like more of a, I wasn't prepared to put up with feeling so bad. So at that point mm. it got painful enough that I was like, okay, I'll actually do that. And sometimes that's, it's just the time it takes and you realise, mm. do you know what? No, I'm done. I have to change things. Yeah. Yeah. I mm. think it, like, like we said before, it, it has to almost, that person has to want to do it. Um, and I guess you can, you know, as their partner, you can only show them to the resources and sh- sort of show them the way. But ultimately, it's down to your partner if, you know, he's got no extended family and he's grieving. You, you can only sort of encourage it. And I think, I guess, don't put don't put too much pressure on yourself if if it doesn't work the first time or the second time or the third time. It's just to keep the conversation going. Yeah, as George, there's this thing as well about emotions. It's like negative emotions. How do you cope with them when they come up? It's if you imagine like a hob on the oven, right? When a negative emotion comes up, it's like touching the hob and you get the signal. It's like, oh, okay, I don't want to be thinking that. So you take your hand off the hob. So leaving your hand on the hob and sitting and dwelling in those negative emotions is like just burning your hand. But the only exception to that is grief. That's the one when you have to actually sit in it. And whenever you're ready to do that, it might be years down the line, but grief is the only one where you have to just honor it and let it happen and then like let it go in your own time. And some people carry it with them forever, but that's the only one you've got to be super careful with. It's a really, I feel like that's quite a poignant question for us to finish the podcast on today because we had a massive discussion on Tuesday about grief. Um, And yeah, like you said, it's it's kind of one of those ones that you can't avoid. It it, Mm. it has to come and it has to kind of, it has to sort of fill you up really in a way and you have to be able to handle it. So he is at some point going to have to go through all of that and I guess um to the person that wrote that question in thank you um keep keep going and maybe you know in time he'll realize that he doesn't want to sit with all that pain all the time he's got to do something about it um Mark there were so many more questions to get through but we're gonna have to say goodbye because we've run out of time thank you so much for coming on we need to get you back because there were hundreds of questions yes, that we didn't get to today definitely thank you so much thanks for having me guys really enjoyed it Mark Whittle is an absolute bloody genius, isn't he? He really is, actually. And I think if we can just get as many men as possible to listen to this podcast, (laughs) I think it will help out a lot of our listeners. Maybe play it in the kitchen. Maybe play it in the bedroom. Maybe maybe go into their phone and like download it as one of their podcasts. And then when they get in the car, it will automatically start playing. And then they'll have to listen to it. There we go. All, the yeah. ta- all of the tactics all of the above. is on that podcast. I-, I-, I could wang on about this subject all day long. Both Georgia and I have been on, you know, as 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 every marriage is, highs, lows, in-betweens, but especially at the moment with all the therapy that I'm doing in our house and mm. the sort of openness of Dozer to really grow as a person and really sort of front up to some of the stuff he's been carrying since childhood and all that kind of stuff. It's been such a journey. I hate using that wanky word, but it has to get here now we're really finding flow so really I don't know I could talk about it all day long and I'm happy to talk about it if anyone wants to DM me about it and, and you know wants to share what's going on in the household with, with the men in their lives then please do because I really do want to open up that discussion yeah and definitely we need to change the narrative yeah. we've got boys haven't we and we don't want yeah. them to grow up in a world where they feel like they can't share how they're feeling or yeah. be themselves or you know live up to this macho whatever that is yeah. <laughs> macho yeah. man macho man yeah exactly yeah um, it's ridiculous so moving from macho man to products George you want to kick us off <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I'm going to kick us off with something right we have this argument probably four times a week 
where's the keys where's my wallet where's the and i think oh my god like how can you just look how can you lose your keys and your wallet all the time so i am um, i bought those air tags those little apple air tags Ooh, I, love I that. have attached them to actually do you know what i'm just as bad so they're in my wallet they're on my keys they're in his wallet wow this actually stopped so many arguments <laughs> it stopped so many yeah. arguments because you just go on your phone and you just ping them and then they, they beep and you can be like oh right yeah yeah they're there yeah so um great christmas present i would say love that um i am gonna go from keys to caroline Britton's book oh, um yeah. obviously we've had caroline Britton on the podcast before and then i came down to the kitchen this morning and doza was sitting at the kitchen table reading her book um it's called coming home to you and there it was on the kitchen table and doza was piling through it um and i think it's quite a, a you know it's, it's, a, it's a practical book there are things that you can do in there that you can do as a couple there are things that you know your partner can do solo little exercises and it's all about really f- finding more connection to yourself and the people around you um mm. but yeah he's really he, he's loving it and actually buying someone a book like that is actually quite a good way to sort of open up that conversation of you know mm. i may be a little bit worried about you or i feel like you could do with reading this and then it's up to that person isn't it whether they do read it and then they can maybe come back to you and open up um i mean from books like that to i mean this is this is not gonna this is not gonna open up a conversation but it is handy it's called a crimpit and it is basically a portable toasty maker and it's really it's really small i I still can't work out how it works i bought them for my cousins for christmas they're like 10 pounds you use those little um are they warburton thins or something like that and you can make like a toasty in seconds in this little machine so they're quite nice if i don't know you're in the office or you're working from home and you just want something really easy and quick and i mean this is stereotypical but i know men love toasted sandwiches so again another christmas present and they're probably going to be doing a really good offer in the lead up to christmas so have a little love that love that when you said crimp it i thought you were saying you can like crimp your partner's hair yeah i mean or you could do that (laughs) i've heard that is really big for this autumn winter um and i just bought doza a flat cap i got it from reese um like a baker boy hat he absolutely loves it i got the uh wool baker boy cap in navy it was 58 quid um he just was you know wanging on about the fact that i had loads of hats as i do and he didn't have any so i just surprised him with one and he really loved it so i love reese they also do it in like a a lighter gray and like a burgundy but yeah gorgeous present for christmas get it on your list um thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for sending your messages in as always we'd love you to rate review subscribe and please give the podcast a follow that means you won't miss an episode yeah and also there are currently as we are recording this still tickets available to our live show on the 8th of december so if you haven't booked your tickets then go ahead and do that now you'll see we've been announcing some of our guests um so they are not going to be around for long also any feedback on this podcast or guests you'd like us to chat to drop us a dm we're on at made by mamas on instagram and we'll be back on tuesday Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, 
crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 